Well, hey there. Welcome to The Real Podcast, hosted by Jason Kaliba. We think that real people are interesting, not just celebrities and superstars, but also the guy standing in line next to you at the grocery store and the kid beside you in church. We're passionate about sharing the stories and insights of those people, real people, so that you're challenged and maybe even inspired to grow. If you'd like additional resources or more information about our guests, check out our webpage at cochranalliance.com backslash real. So, let's get real. Okay, here we go. For about 10 years now, Cochrane Alliance Church, the church that I get to lead in my day job, uh, we've had a partnership with another church uh, that is actually part of our worldwide denomination, the Christian Missionary Alliance, um, a, a church in a, in a little town north of Guatemala City in, of course, Guatemala, town of San Raimundo, is the Jesus Lives Church. And for oh, 15 years, maybe 20 years, they've had a vision for their community to start a school that would invest in the children of their community, particularly those who might not see their education as far along uh, without some extra help or an extra uh, investment. And so starting in about 2009, 2010, uh, through an organization called Hungry for Life, uh, we uh, as a church got involved as partners in uh, the the plan to start a school in San Raimundo. So for a decade now, we have been sending teams, sometimes an adult team, sometimes family teams. Uh, the majority of the teams we've sent have been teams of students and leaders who've gone down to San Raimundo, sometimes to do building projects where we're tying rebar or painting or pouring concrete, uh, other times to run kids programs, uh, build some houses, um, uh, help the church as they serve uh, those that uh, have uh, practical needs in their town. And in 2020, we sent the most recent team of almost two dozen or maybe exactly two dozen students and leaders to San Raimundo for what I think was our 10th or 11th mission trip over the past number of years. And uh, in in some ways, we wonder whether that might be one of our, the, the, the missions trips might not be coming as fast and furious as our world has changed significantly since February 20th. Uh, but it is my honor to welcome into the real studio uh, as it exists virtually today. Uh, three of the students who went to San Raimundo, Natalia Wagenthal, Brooke Van Roon, and Selena Novello. Ladies, welcome to The Real Podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Super excited. You bet. I just wonder, are, uh, at your tender young teenage years, are you uh, already um, podcast veterans or is this a first for all of you? This is a first. I'm sort of dipping my toe into the whole genre personally. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, when in your future success, you can always say, I got my start on the real podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you could, uh, if you guys could tell us a little bit about yourselves, just what you do with your time, uh, who you are, uh, Brooke, why don't you start us off? Who are you? So my name's Brooke. I'm 18 years old. I go to school at St. Timothy High School up in Sunset. 
I work at Bulk Barn in Cochrane. Mm. So if you ever want some treats, come on by and say hi. Um, I have a cute little kiggy named Winnie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's not much to me, really. Oh, I'm sure there's lots. And how is Bulk Barn in the days of COVID-19? Bulk Barn is busy. Everyone oh. wants yeast and we don't have yeast. <laughs> All yeah. right, I'll take that under advisement. So yeah. everyone's baking <laughs> bread, in other words. Yeah. And so I should get into sourdough because do I need yeast if I have sourdough bread? Um, I don't know, honestly. Mm. I don't know. I thought you get it from bread. the air or something like that. Yeah, some type of chemical going on thing. <laughs> I don't know. No yeast. Okay, public service. Uh, <laughs> Natalia, tell us about yourself. Ah, uh, yes. So I'm just finishing up grade 10 uh, at Bow Valley High School here in town. I got an interesting shoe collection in my wardrobe. Got a family of five with a cute dog named Wags, sort of related to the Wagenthal last name. And Very nice. Yeah, I was really happy to go to Guatemala this year. Hmm. And Selena, last but not least. Yeah, so my name is Selena Novello, and I go to um, school in Calgary at Foothills Academy, and I'm supposed to be graduating this year, so I'm in grade 12, mm. and I run my own jewelry business, and I uh, loved Guatemala this year, so yeah. Okay. Uh, tell us a little more about jewelry business. What's your business called and what kind of jewelry do you sell? So it's called Origami Owl and my personal name is Artsy Charms and I run it with my mom and my sister and I started it when I was 16 and um, it's part of social selling. So what you do is you uh, pick charms and then I put it inside of a locket for you and everything is customizable. So yeah. Very cool. And how's business in, in, in days when people are all shopping online? Um, they are okay. They're not like super great, but the more effort I put in, the better my sales will be. So that's mostly um, where the issue lies. So yeah. Okay. Very cool. Well, uh, I hope to be able to put a link in the description so that our listeners can go have a look at what you make. I would love to do that. Thank you. And Natalia, if you send a picture of your shoe collection, I would also love to post that on the page. I'm so happy. I could really use the support right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, uh, Selena, have, uh, I'm wondering, any of you ladies, have you, are you seasoned international travelers or was your trip to Guatemala uh, among your earlier trips of your life or have you globetrotted a lot already? Um, I have traveled a lot. I go to the U.S. a lot. I go to the U.S. like four times a year because of my business. Okay. And so I travel a lot. And from a young age, um, we would always go to family vacations to Mexico and stuff. So I know, I know a lot about traveling, but I've also been to Guatemala once before and it was a culture tour. So oh. I've been all around, um, Guatemala. So yeah. Okay. Cool. Natalia, I don't think you're, uh, you've, I know you've been to the U.S. a lot and you have a friend down there called Mickey that you've seen a lot. Oh yeah. He's but a close friend. from the U.S., have you been outside North America before? Nah, I've always had, like, I'm an English speaker that only I've always been catered to that way. Like the only Spanish I've really had is after the instructions are given in English at Disneyland. So yeah, <laughs> this was really my first time outside of Canada and the US, which is really cool. Okay. So when you landed at the airport, you had the bus trip uh, through Guatemala City and you made your way to the metropolis of San Ramundo. 
uh, how were you, what was your, what was your first impressions when you got there? Um, I was very excited, really, really excited. Cause I've heard all these stories about previous people that visited Guatemala and just traveled in general. My uncle actually um, five years ago went and bought me a purse from the same market we were going to visit uh -huh. in Antigua. Yep. So going in there, it was super cool. It was also way busier than I expected. Like, and I was honestly, I was kind of nervous that we were going to hit someone because as we were making our way to uh, the church in San Raimundo, we had to go through Guatemala City and there's like motorcycles cutting you off everywhere and just people running out into traffic. And it was kind of, there was a lot of anxiety, but we made it. That was really cool. <laughs> All right. And Brooke, are you a seasoned traveler? Um, honestly, not really. Like, okay. Because most of my family is in Ontario, so we traveled to Ontario, yep. and I went to California once with my school to go to Disneyland, and I was supposed to go um, to Europe this year for a school trip, but COVID shut uh, that down real quick. <laughs> yeah, but other than that, I'm Canadian. I just stay in Canada. All right. So uh, do you, was there a moment uh, of like many people talk about culture shock, was there a moment that you felt, whoa, okay, I'm not in Ontario or Alberta anymore, where it just kind of hit you, uh, where, and where you felt like, okay, I'm not at home anymore? Or did it feel comfortable the whole time? Well, <laughs> it hit me as soon as we got to Texas. Because oh, wow, I, Texas. <laughs> I love Texas. Anyone who went on the church, on the trip would tell you I loved Texas. And as soon as we got there, I got so much more hype about Guatemala because I'm like, this is going to be the best trip ever. And it totally was. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I have a pretty good culture shock thing, but it was okay. when we actually landed in Guatemala. Yeah. Okay. Um, first thing, we get off the plane and we visit the washrooms. And I think my first culture shock was that we couldn't flush the toilet paper. Oh, I yeah. think that's when I realized I wasn't in Canada or my comfortable North American lifestyle is because we get there and the first thing is like the ritual practice I've done every day my whole life mm. was totally flipped. You couldn't flush the toilet paper there. So mm. that was... How do you feel about that? leaving evidence of your stay each time you go to the bathroom? Oh, I felt guilty all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought of it like that. Um, wow. <laughs> all right. Uh, Brooke, can you tell us a little bit about some of, like, what, what occupied your time when you guys were down there? What, what were some of the main things that you had prepared to do? One of the main things we were preparing is even before we went on the trip, we would meet during one of the services at church and we'd go down in the basement and we split off into groups and each group, I believe, got two grades to teach. And I believe one group got three because they were mashed together okay. and we had school lessons to teach. So depending on what age group you got, I got grades one and two. So I was teaching them colors, clothing, body parts, and colors, I believe. Okay. And we were also taught, um, we had a Bible lesson to teach. So we would put together a Bible lesson and each group would come up with a neat idea to talk about it. So some people made games, some people did skits, I believe. But it also depended on what age group you were with, because for the Bible, we taught every single age group. 
So with every age group, it was a different setup. Okay. okay. Yeah. And we also, when we were down there, we went to the local, eh, local grocery store mm-hmm. and we got a bunch of food. And when we got back, we put them in food hampers. And during the week, we would set off teams to either do food hampers and we'd go to a family's house. We'd give them a food hamper. We'd say how grateful we are for them opening their homes to us. And we'd say a prayer for them. And another team would go to the school and we were repainting all the walls. Okay. Yeah. Uh, So Selena, I know that uh, I've been uh, to some homes doing food humpers too, when I've been down to San Raimundo before. Uh, And I know there's a bit of a, there can be a wide difference of the kind of homes that you, you visit there. But what was that like uh, talking to some of the, the folks that definitely come from lower income and by lower income, I mean, lower income Guatemalan standard, not even how we might look at a lower income family. What was that like for you personally being in those homes? Yeah, it was, it was crazy to go into their homes. Um, It was really sad for me because I just wanted to give them so much more than I could. Mm. And they were just, they were, a lot of them were happy with what they had and they could do with what they had. And they, when we asked them what to like pray for, they never like wanted any objects or like, you know, they, they always were praying for their family and praying for health. Uh, for the lot of the houses that I went to, it was always about health and it was never about like materialistic things. Uh-huh. Um, and that was, that was like a really big eye opener for me because it was like, these people don't have anything in their they're just fine. They're happy with what they have. And then when I, when I'm at home, I'm like, Oh, I need a new bed. I need a new this. I need an, and going back, I was like, let's use everything until we can't use it anymore. Mm. And you know, like I came back with a very different mindset and also like donate anything. I think I can't use anymore because it really was just like, there's always someone out there that needs it. Mm. So yeah, that was, that was what it was like for me. Mm. Oh, thank you. Uh, uh, Natalia, I know, um, cause my daughter, Katie got to be on the trip. Y- you and her hang out a little bit, uh, here and there. And one of the, one of the parts about the trip that, um, impacted her maybe the most was, um, the dynamics of the team itself. Like you guys as Canadians hanging out and some of the conversations, um, and, and some of the things God was doing in your team. Can you, can you tell us a little bit about the the team dynamic down there from your perspective? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, for us meeting our first time before the trip, so meeting in the basement at the church during the second service, um, I felt like we sort of came in pairs. Each of us either had like a best friend or two really close friends to sort of support us on our trip down. We weren't really like a really tight, big group of people because there are about 24 of us, which is the biggest group that's ever gone down. So I was actually kind of nervous before going down on the trip because we only met once every month for about seven months. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't sure if we'd really click down there. We weren't too tight. But once we were immersed in Guatemala, once we were there, it was really really cool what happened. Even Jason Dimmick, who's the youth pastor at the church, he was really surprised just how closely we bonded, how quickly. But with that, like, I think the 
second night we were down there at our big table discussions, just being totally vulnerable and really confiding in each other and praying for each other about really personal things in our lives and sharing really personal things that happened to us while we were down on the trip. I think that was, uh, that social aspect was probably one of the most impactful things for everybody on our team. Mm. So everyone had their own experiences, especially Brooke and Selena too, but that's, that's just a little snippet on mm. what happened. Mm. Do, do any of you have any ideas why, why it is that um, many people who go on short-term trips like this talk about just the openness and the honesty and the, the spiritual um, depth of the conversations when you're on an international trip. Any reason why you guys think that is that you have to go thousands of kilometers away for some kind of for, for that kind of conversation to happen? Do, do, do you have any ideas on that? I think that it has to do with a lot less distractions. Um, that's definitely one factor. Now there's a million, but, um, one thing is that there's like, there's no phones and you, you're put in like a situation where you're like, you're not comfortable. A lot of us were not very comfortable. And so you just really quickly, you're like, okay, so we have to come, like, I've got to come together with these people and like be very vulnerable and trust in them because that's all I have right now. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think it is. It's because you're put into, you're put into a situation where you're not comfortable anymore for majority of us. Yep. So those are like the two things that I think played a role in that. Okay. Absolutely. I think we were sort of, it was like being thrust onto like a desert island almost. You don't have any of those distractions like phones, like Selena said, but also you don't have your family. You don't mm-hmm. have school or home to really hide away from. Yep. You're just sort of there to sit with like some, not necessarily strangers, but definitely not super close people you see regularly. Mm. And I think we were sort of left with ourselves and our relationship with God. And at the same time, like this different, really amazing group of people that we could really learn from. And I think that was especially really impacting because very quickly, I think we realized we needed each other Mm -hmm. (laughs) right away as we sort of had to confront this. And for, I think me, especially that was really hard because I had to realize um, how many questions I was dealing with, but also just putting on the back burner because I could avoid that at home and at school. Mm -hmm. So I think, yeah, us being in this unique environment that was really different from us was actually really therapeutic. And I think that's why we meshed together so well is that we Mm. could really rely on each other to go through that. Mm. So I'm curious. um, So I know that only like less than a month after um, you guys returning from Guatemala, our social interaction with one another as Canadians changed like it maybe never has before. Um, so has, has that same openness, genuineness that you guys experienced when you were traveling together, has that continued or has it ground to a complete halt or has it happened in, in different ways? For me, before I went on the trip, I was, I wouldn't say antisocial, but I really didn't like touching. I didn't like people touching me. I didn't feel comfortable touching others. And as soon as you get there, you have a big lineup of all the kids. And there's a good amount of kids. Yeah, more and than 100. 
Yeah, <laughs> a good amount. And <laughs> I learned real quick that I had to get over my touching problems. Yeah. Uh-huh. And as soon as I got back, I was touchy feely with all my friends. Like I'd always give them hugs. And since quarantine started, I'm like, what the heck? Like, I know I'm supposed to be social distancing, but I'm, I got to say I'm not. Wow. So you're missing like the hugs was a, a lasting yeah. transformation. Very I'm missing the hugs. <laughs> yeah, for me, I feel like since we got back, it kind of stopped a little bit. Like, you know, we made some group chats, but it'll, I don't, like, I don't feel like it'll ever be the same. And then we tried to do a get together and then um, it got canceled because of um, all of the new restrictions. And so that was really sad because I was really looking forward to being able to be back together. But that's like the one of the biggest things I really miss was just the the community and I never felt so supported and so like um, empowered by my peers and everything. And so I personally um, do not feel like it has fully continued. Mm. Um, maybe due to COVID-19, maybe not. Um, but yeah, that's how I feel. It's hard to say what it would have been if yeah. it was normal social condi- conditions. Yes. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Um, any any uh, moments uh, either having a conversation with um, some people down there, uh, being in the classroom, uh, that were inspiring for you that like a, a moment that kind of touched you in a deeper way or triggered some deeper thoughts or, or uh, has stuck with you for a long time that, that you remember that as a powerful memory being, being down there. Yeah, I definitely have a couple, but I think the two that really stand out to me was um, one worship service down there. Uh, so the church there, they would hold their regular worship service on Sunday and we would attend and one of the coolest things I've ever experienced especially never really traveling and being with this different church around the world was worshiping together because they're singing popular American northern American like worship songs in Spanish while we're singing in English and it was one of the coolest things because you start to realize oh my goodness I'm singing with like my brothers and sisters and I'm going to see them one day in heaven. And, and I don't know that was a really cool experience because I've never experienced the family, I guess, mm. being the a broader Christian. family of God, like exactly mm-hmm. like that. And that was so cool. And it really stuck with me. Mm. Um, the other one is definitely the testimonies that happened down there uh, when we went to Guatemala. And even before, as we were preparing, we were each sort of encouraged to share our testimonies. individually as youth and that was very 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 interesting we got some cool news then that lucy one of our leaders was pregnant um Mm -hmm. some really cool stories from youth being absolutely not only authentic but totally vulnerable about a lot of hard things in their lives and i think that's where we really grew closer as youth because every night after someone shared no matter how tough or hard it was, everyone was just totally embraced. And we really grew closer after each night, I think, mm. through that. So, okay. Yeah, saying my testimony, it was really hard because I had you, had you ever shared publicly like that before? I have because I had to share it as a camp counselor at one of the camps I work at. Okay. But 
for me, it's, I've never told people that I see like kind of on a daily basis. Like I know I'll leave them behind and I'll see them for like a week in the summertime. So saying my testimony to my friends was really hard. Mm. And I didn't say my full testimony when I was supposed to in front of the church because I didn't just want to be full on open with everyone because I didn't fully know everyone. And the next night when I heard another girl open up with her testimony and she just let everything out, Mm -hmm. I told Jason, um, I need to share it. And once I did, I felt so much better and I cried over Selena. I had snot all down her. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of, was a lot of um, yeah. tears and snot that night. Yeah, <laughs> there was a lot of tears and snot like almost every night. You guys but, are yeah, like COVID nineteen felt... nightmares. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> we would be breaking lots of rules. Yeah. Oh yeah, but yeah, I felt so loved and supported by everyone after I fully opened up. So what about on the other side? Because I've been cross-culturally uh, in other places before. And I think mostly I come, as I look back, those are mostly positive experiences. But I also know there are moments that I hate or that I feel like a fish out of water and I just want to get out. Was there anything, was there a moment or a time that you're like, okay, I, I don't want to be here. I just want to be home. Or this is way out of my comfort zone here. Aside from sharing testimony in front of people that you don't know that. So aside from that and that one that would have put you out, uh, is there any other experience that was just uncomfortable? I have one, but it's a little bit funny. So um, (laughs) perfect. We like those kind. (laughs) I was like not feeling hot the last few days. And, um, you know, I didn't really feel like eating the food and we got a lot of food every meal. And one meal we got this, fish now i'm not exaggerating there was an actual fish on my plate that just looked like it got deep fried or something and i was like i just can't do it i just i want to go home i want to eat like the cut up fish the nice like already done and like cleaned (laughs) fish and and uh (laughs) and i i was like at that point i was like oh my gosh i just i don't want to eat any more food and i'm just i don't i don't want to eat this fish and um and then it kind of i kind of had to because um jason uh kind of pulled the dad card out and he was like (laughs) you don't eat your food nobody is going to be doing anything for the rest of the day so then i'm like bro are you serious like there's a fish on my plate and the eyeball is still there like you want me to eat this and so um yeah, so I ate it a little bit of it, but then there was a timer that was pulled out, and I'm like, "Oh my god! Like, <laughs> this is getting serious." How and many minutes did you get to eat the fish? Oh, Brooke, do you remember? I think it was like five. <laughs> Honestly, I think it was like two to five minutes. I have a video yeah. of the whole thing. It is hilarious. It was a quick one. I was not in the mood, and then it was like it turned into like two people knowing that I wasn't going to eat my fish to like everybody knowing. <laughs> And it was like, I was like, at that point, I was like, I just, I just want some like crap dinner. And I just, <laughs> I don't want to eat this fish. Like, so that was kind of like a funny moment where I was like, it was kind of joking, kind of like, but like at the same time, I was like, you know, it'd be nice to have like my mom's food right now. Yeah. But yeah, so. Good story. I like it. <laughs> Any others of you have a moment you didn't like? Oh, I think the one thing is um, 
in Guatemala, in terms of safety and uh, controls of uh, fireworks, it's <laughs> way more restricted than here in Canada. Like, I hear of the glory days in the 80s where you could buy firecrackers and play with those, but yeah. everything was, like, available in Guatemala. Yeah. Like, we visited this one lady that made firecrackers, and no joke, she pulled out a whole roll that was 30 feet long and just lit them off in the street for us, which was crazy but I think one of the scariest things for me is that we'd be walking down the road sometimes at night and kids just from the area would throw firecrackers or like fireworks at us <laughs> I remember Jacob um, who's in our team uh, the boys pranked him because while he was in the washroom they took these tiny little fireworks filled with gunpowder gun and would throw them at him <laughs> under the stall <laughs> and scare him so I think I was spooked a couple times where I didn't know if it was like gunshots or something that I really wanted to go home. Cause I was like, at least I wouldn't have to worry about my leg being blown off. But <laughs> yeah, that, I had, there were a couple fleeting moments, but once the terror wore off, it was a lot of fun. Do your parents know this or are they going to find out about this listening to this podcast for the first You know, time? I tried to hide a couple of videos from my mom about us playing <laughs> with fireworks and she found them and she was a little concerned. But I it see. was it was a month ago, so we're good now. All right, well, I'll send her to the youth pastor to talk that out. <laughs> fireworks were so crazy. I was so scared. I would not touch them. I was like, I'm out. Like, we're not supposed to be playing with these. Like, I was so scared. Like, you guys can, like, I was hiding. It was, it was scary for me. <laughs> mm. um, how about, uh, how about personal change? So do, what is there, is there something that you go that, that changed about me when I was there, whether a perspective I had, um, the way I think about other people, uh, something maybe emotionally in my heart. Uh, if you would say here, if any of you would say what, 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 what changed about me when I was down there, do you have any reflection on that? For me, I was always taught to almost like hide my emotions. Cause I would always mm. feel like, Oh, like they don't want to know like what's truly going on. Mm. Yeah. But again, like the testimonies, everyone opened up. And I finally felt like these people do care about how I'm feeling. So since then, I have definitely noticed that the trip has taught me, like, I don't have to deal with all of my problems and I can lay them more on our friends and I can mm. trust God to help me more to deal with them for sure. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Brooke. Mm. Yeah. One thing that I learned, um, like a mindset to, that I've changed is that um, we would have like this, these circles at the end of the day where like Jason would ask us a question and we would um, answer them or like something, sometimes it got a little bit deeper than that. And um, I just really learned to like not judge people um, before I actually knew what was going on because I always kind of had that, but I kind of let it slip in there here and there. And I was really like, I don't know what these people have actually walked like walked through and mm -hmm. I was like, like the people on my team, this is what I like learned from them is that like, you know, some people have been through some really difficult things and um, there's no right for me to like judge them because I didn't know what was actually going on. So mm -hmm. that was one thing that I learned. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I think I, yeah, thanks Selena. Uh, I think I had to work through a couple things coming back. I think I had to realize that 
the God we experienced in Guatemala is the same one that lives here. Mm-hmm. That was a very big one I had to work through because, you know, you go on this amazing missions trip where a lot of things happened and then you come back home and you do dishes again for the first time in a week and you go through the motions of life and maybe you cry at school per- perhaps at lunch and I think I had to really work through that okay like like just how how is this the same God when my experience there was completely different than anything I've, I've experienced here. And I think with that came processing the trip. And uh, I think the second thing I had to work through was my cultural lens. I sort of realized um, and was challenged by a lot of things down there, especially the food hampers, because I realized just how materialistic I am, even though I thought like, oh, it's okay. I've seen the documentaries. Like, I get it. You know, I, I should be thankful, but actually building relationships with people and realizing how actually as humans, we're a lot more um, similar. Mm. They're just genuinely more humble and thankful. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, I've been working through both of those things, just mm. sort of figuring out what's my cultural lens in terms of my perception of the Bible and what I believe and how can I work through that? Not necessarily that's the bad thing, but how can I learn from what I saw in Guatemala mm. and apply that now? So trying to bring those two worlds together, I guess. Very cool. Well, uh, Brooke and Selena Natalia raised the point about reverse culture shock. So there's those things that when you get to a different culture that kind of make you feel make you feel discomfort, but there's this other side of it of coming back to your own place after having spent a little bit of time somewhere else where you feel bugged or you see your own culture in a different way than you did before. Did you guys have any of those moments like Natalia has processed? When I came back, I had school the next day. Okay. Most of the group didn't. And I, like Natalia kind of hinted, I cried um, basically the whole day mm. because I was, it was just so fast paced and I kind of realized like my friends were a lot different than the group I went down with, Mm. with just like how they acted and like some of the things they would say. And I'm like, this is kind of crazy. And I actually slept through my last class of the day because (laughs) I had cried. Mm. I was emotionally exhausted and it took me a while to get back to work because Mm. I went one day and I cried again because everything was so fast paced and I just couldn't deal with it. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. For me, um, I would, I'd like to say, and I put it in like air quotes that I didn't have any, but when I sit down and look back, I'm like, I definitely did because I'm very like busy, fast paced. Like I've got to get all these assignments done. I got to jump back in and I had multiple trips planned um, before and after this. So okay. I was really like, I got to get my work done for school. And I had to, I pretty much came back and like the weekend after I was like, boom, right back to my regular self and full pace. And I kind of looked at a few like things that I did and I was like, yeah, like, why do I feel so alone? Even though I still have my family here. And for me, I I've had a lot of trouble at school 
the this last year and so I wanted to I don't want to be there and so leaving Guatemala was so hard because I I have never been around a group of people that intimately mm-hmm. um in that way and like that that support that I had and so I really I really did miss it and it was really hard on me even though I didn't know it was mm-hmm. because I was just filling it with school and other things and so when I look back and I'm like I definitely felt it but then I started like pushing things out of my life like I wasn't going to youth group anymore and I just I had to sit down and I was like I was talking to Brooke and I was like hey like do you feel like going to youth group and she's like no sorry for sharing that Oh, okay. Jason is shedding a tear right now. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Maybe I shouldn't have said that, but (laughs) you'll be okay. Okay. Um, so, and I was like, I'm just like, I don't know why I feel this way. And then I start, when I started talking to her, I really realized that like, wait a minute. Yeah, I definitely did have the re-entry culture shock. I just didn't I didn't let my mind fully process it at the time. I just kind of kept filling that void. So, yeah. Okay. And are you at a regular, regular pace now, or are you still going full steam? No. Yeah. This, uh, this coronavirus has really been a blessing in my life. So, um, I go like 110 miles per hour every day. And so this, uh, I finally got a break and I've been asking for it. And so I was like, oh, thank goodness. Mm. And so I'm starting to pick up uh, the pace a little bit more, but still realizing like, whoa, I need a, I need a break here or something like that. So, okay. yeah. And Brooke and Selena, are you, are you both graduating this year then? Yes. Okay. And um, has graduation, is that has ceremony or or commencement already happened or is that ahead mine's in eight days okay and what is it what does it look like for you brooke what are Um, you doing so our plans is we have a table outside of our school with our i don't even know if there are real diplomas i think they're fake ones in an envelope yeah and every student because there's only 60 of us because we're a smaller school um we have designated times to come and we have to stand six feet away from our principal i believe air handshake and there's a photographer there to take pictures of us and then the parents have planned after that we're going to do a big parade around the town in your cars yeah okay and how are you feeling okay with that are you feeling disappointed what's your what's your thought um i am kind of upset because i did like want the picture shaking my principal's hand and i bought a 500 hundred dollar dress and i don't get to wear it so i know that's like very materialistic but yeah still it's a big deal graduating yeah yeah i mean it could be worse Mm -hmm. so so okay and selena how about you So my school um, is really, really, really small. So um, I go to a private school. So there's like only like 45 of us graduating. So what they've said to us so far is that, um, because they sent out a questionnaire, is that majority of us would like to do an in-person one. So they've rescheduled the date for October 23rd. And then if that still doesn't work, they're going to push it to April 2021. So they're really working hard to make sure we get... um, our our special day which is super awesome and i really appreciate that so yeah okay 
Well, Brooke, I hope that there'll be something that you can take out that fancy dress and uh, make it, put it to good use. Hopefully, yeah. Um, maybe uh, uh, Natalia, uh, we'll we'll go back to Guatemala for a second as we we wind down here. Um, would what would you say to someone considering um, short term missions trip? Um, should they do it? Is there anything that they should think about beforehand, or do you just go like do it? Or what, if someone is considering doing, what would you say about how it might affect them, or or whether they should do it or not? Yeah, I think if they're uncomfortable or if it's outside of their comfort zone, that's all the more reason to do it. Mm. Um, and if you are really comfortable with the idea, you need to figure out why. Because if there isn't some uncomfortability, then maybe something's up. I know for just me applying, I wanted to really make sure that the why behind the trip was really about just serving people or building relationships instead of going down there and I think Selena talked about it earlier, just a culture tour. Mm -hmm. So uh, just, yeah, if you're looking at going in short-term missions trips and it's a little outside of your comfortable comfort zone, <laughs> do it. But also be in a lot of prayer because sometimes financially or otherwise, there's a lot of stress. But even with our still fairly small team, we were all carried and we saw how God blessed us through that. So. Yep. I guess that's my response to that. Just, just give her, go do okay. it. Awesome. Uh, last question for any of you. Um, one of the, I know behind the scenes as we talk about uh, sending students or anybody really to do a cross-cultural experience is to get them thinking about the potential of serving people internationally. Um, uh, you know, to think about supporting those who are international workers or missionaries or even considering going into that kind of work down the road themselves. Any thoughts about, um, about uh, people who, who do that kind of work, who like give their lives to, to cross-cultural work? Or did it twig any thoughts in any of you about hmm, maybe, maybe doing something international or even bringing uh, good news or serving people socially uh, in an international context? Maybe that's something that I should do with my life. Any, any, any of those thoughts? When I go down there, I'm always like, oh my gosh, I want to help so much and I love it down there. Mm -hmm. And my first time I went, it was like really, really scary. And the second time I went, I'm like, oh, this feels so right. And um, the first time when it was a culture tour, I really didn't get to do what I wanted to do, which was serve and teach. Mm -hmm. And so this trip, it really just like filled me up so much. And I definitely think about it, but I just, I'm not sure if it would be the right path for me, but I definitely would consider doing more missions trip in the future. So, yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I think I got a lot more respect for missionaries and people that serve internationally just in general coming back because I realized how tiring it is, not just for me as a teenager being catered to all the time. Like all I needed to do down there was go and do what I was told to do. So I can't imagine yep. um, how much work and, you know, energy goes into being a missionary. But I think personally, I really, really enjoyed teaching down there. I feel mm. kind of bad about it. I've been told before by people I should go into teaching. And I've been like, nah, that's not for me. But I kind of feel like I had a bit of a tug 
maybe at teaching English internationally. So Mm. I've added that to my list of things to check out later for college. Did you give your students marks, Natalia, down there? Like, did you you see progression in English uh, usage in the students you taught? Uh, I tried my best, but they weren't really into that. They actually taught us instead, honestly. So we were learning Spanish, but. (laughs) Fair enough. Okay, well, um, it was uh, super interesting talking to all three of you. So um, number one, thanks for all the investment you made, uh, both fundraising and uh, team prep and to going down and really representing us as, uh, as a church and as Cochranites. So thank you for that. And uh, thank you. I know vulnerability and just being real with uh, your peers and your team was a, a major highlight. But thanks also for just your vulnerability and uh, sharing, let it, giving us the inside track and yourself uh, via this medium too. So I know that our thousands of listeners that are around the world will uh, glean a lot from your insight. Thank you very much. Thank you for having us. You bet. Thank you. Yeah, it was okay. amazing. Thanks. Hope to talk to you guys again soon. We'll see you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to The Real Podcast. For more information on this episode and others, check out our website at cochranalliance.com backslash real. Until next time, keep it real.